Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D. Bonnie D in the house. I have a quick poll question for my guest today. Was that a real voice or an AI voice? David, what do you think? AI. Cheryl, what do you think? Probably AI. Molly? Real. Kelly? AI. Okay. It was an AI voice. Uh, Robert Cellino, (laughs) general manager at Voice America, worked on this with me. He did all the setup, and we reviewed about 20 different voices, and then we made sure this one, the key was, oh, how those lips can talk. Until this voice said that, to my satisfaction, it wasn't ready. Last week, the guest thought it was real. Cheryl, you're in good company. Don't worry about that. Everybody is not sure because AI is just so good at voices, but Robert is the expert now. So thank you very much. Bonnie D next at the mic. So happy to be here. I've got four people I have never met before until some of them, well, Kelly was here about four minutes before everybody was supposed to be here and then they all trailed in. So I've known some of them three and a half minutes and I've known Kelly for about 18 minutes. So we're all good friends. This is a show where I invite hosts from Voice America, some brand new, some veterans like me, been around for years or a lot of time, over a decade perhaps, we're going to talk about why radio? Why do we like the mic? Why do we host a show? Why do we have a show? And what's the future of live radio and hosting? And we're going to learn a lot from each other. So guests, uh, speaking of AI, I will give you a full disclaimer that I have created a little poem here in honor of each of you. And you're going to hear the speaker order in this poem, chat GPT, with a little help from me, wrote the poem, and then I edited it. So there is a human touch in here. Don't get worried. It wasn't all AI. So here we go. Welcome to Next at the Mic, a platform quite unique, where Voice America hosts gather your interest, we're sure to peak. Host Bonnie D, her passion to wow, welcomes four live radio stars on Can You Hear Me Now? That's the title of this episode. Molly Chang, Abella's founder, speaks, guiding teams through mergers, their challenging peaks. Says it, say it skillfully, a mission quite grand, empowering all to skillfully understand. Welcome, Molly Chang. David Chavez, assured strategy sage, CEO whisperer, scaling business in every stage. From Army ranks, thank you for your service, to leadership's call, guiding CEOs, ensuring business stands tall. I hope you like that, David. Cheryl Espinosa Jones, grief's gentle guide, transformations after loss where emotions abide. Good Grief, her radio's heartfelt song, a counselor and educator, grief's journey lifelong. Welcome, Cheryl. And Kelly Richardson with kinesiology, I hope I said that right, Serene, in Janesville realm, her wellness is seen, teaching, guiding a community's heart, the underground host where alternative health imparts. Welcome to Kelly. So come listen and watch. We're on live stream on LinkedIn and Facebook and Voice America Variety. Come listen and watch to your day add delight with Bonnie D. That's me, a lively spirit. Her red mic is in the light. So what'd you think, David? You like the poem? I loved it. That was just amazing. Good. Molly, what'd you think? Thumbs up. Very Thumbs- impressive. Good. Cheryl, liked it? And Kelly, what'd you think? Between you and the AI, you are so gifted and talented with <laughs> your poems. <laughs> Thank you very much. I have to. T- I want to take a quick poll now before we get on. 
tell me, how long do you think it took when I input a little bit of each of your bios and my opening into ChatGPT? How long do you think it took before it gave me back the original version? David, how long? 30 seconds. Molly? 45 seconds. Cheryl? A minute. Kelly? Well, I've used it so instantaneously unless you tweaked it and asked it to refine it. She's good. Okay. If you can count one 1,000, two 1,000, before you say three, it was there. That's how fast it is. It is quite amazing. And I always believe in adding the human touch. So thank you for abiding my opening. I appreciate that. I'm using it on all my shows, including my business shows. And the panelists seem to, I got Molly to smile. She smiled. I see you smile, Molly. Yes, they seem to really enjoy it. So what I'd like to do now is just say welcome. It is December 5th. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, let's see what day of the year it is. I usually It's the 339th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. And I will tell you that people used to use the Julian calendar, but Gregory, who was a pope, I don't know whether it was before he became a pope or not, he said, I don't like the calendar. He he, he just said it, David. He, he said, I don't like the calendar. He didn't like where the extra days were, so he changed it. And then we had the Gregorian calendar. So I like to think of him as one of the early creatives. And I'm sure his mom said, Gregory, Greggy. You're good. You did a good job because we're still using his calendar. So there you go. We have 26 days remaining. This is the 49th Tuesday and nobody cares about that except me. But I'll tell you, if you're making New Year's Eve plans and if you want to make homemade Kahlua or if you have a still from bootleg whiskey in the back of the barn and you want to get it going again, this is the time. If you're planning to buy anything to imbibe on New Year's Eve, the shelves will be cleared any minute now. So go get them. Okay. So let's go around the table. I'd like to have you each introduce yourself. We'd like to know a little bit about who you are. What is the name of your show? Even though I mentioned it in the poem, why do you do your show? A little bit about the message and a tiny bit about why radio? Why? Why aren't you just doing this straight on, on social media? Why aren't you recording it somewhere? Why aren't you just on YouTube? Why radio? And welcome. Molly Chang, you're up first. I'm going to put you on speaker view. Would you please tell us who you are and give us a little more background? Welcome, Molly. Well, pleased to be here amongst my esteemed fellow hosts. Thank you. And I am the most unlikely radio show host ever in that I didn't speak English until I was five. Painfully shy. Painfully so. So the fact that I have my own show called Say It Skillfully is nothing other than hilarious to me. My day job is I work with uh, senior management teams and I help them win as one, which is commit to each other's success and to lead powerfully together, building that powerful chemistry um, to actually well work well together as a team, which they want everyone else to do. And often our senior, most folks don't do that as well. And um, I had, as you mentioned, a long uh, career in mergers and acquisitions, over 80, that I really helped a lot of senior leaders work through change. I think it's a privilege to lead and a, really a responsibility to lead well. And I believe that culture starts at the top. And then Say It Skillfully came out of nowhere about four years ago, and I started that as a startup last year. Um, and I am just on a mission. Um, the vision I have is that we really can win as one and um, that we can you know, work without fear and feel heard, um, let go of what doesn't serve us and collaborate to do our best and finest work and create really meaningful lives, um, really work, but really overall. And um, Say It Skillfully was, came out this notion of that a lot of people hold back at work. They're not saying what needs to be said. They're saying what they think other people want to hear. And, you know, from someone who was really painfully shy and felt kind of left out when I was growing up, it doesn't really sit with me. And we all know that diversity and harnessing the full diversity is the most important thing. And so I really 
just with through say skillfully was on a mission to help empower people to communicate skillfully to communicate authentically to be seen heard and understood um and especially on our most important and challenging topics and when everyone speaks up and we hear all voices including the unpopular ones we can get to this accurate shared reality which is essential to make the best decisions execute with speed and achieve great outcomes at work and in life um and so the show started with having people call in literally I would kind of coach them through how to have tough conversations with their boss or their annoying colleague or to ask for a promotion or to understand you know get better feedback and then I started hosting um successful people but people that I thought were really succeeding on their terms who were willing to share the struggles in life and what was hard and not pretty it you know life is not social media um and I was really moved by the fact that when you speak up you have to be grounded in yourself and so featuring people who went through the struggles to figure out who they are um to say what they thought needed to be said just seemed really um a, a fundamental part of saying it skillfully so it's just been the greatest gift for me and you know radio it, it just with everyone being so ADD it's interesting people can really tune in and listen and they can do it in all walks of wherever they are and so it's really i think a chance to tap into to ideas and people and places you would never otherwise think of by simply you know like tuning in on your favorite app or on voice america thank you very much molly i can't believe you were ever shy or had a struggle with a language because you speak absolutely beautifully you're articulate well paced well thought out. You pause when you need to. Your thoughts don't tumble over each other. Not filler words. I'm just mm-hmm. saying what I'm hearing. Uh, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And I just met you a few minutes ago. So thank you so much for sharing your story. And now it's time to move one seat around the virtual table. Mr. David Chavez, happy to meet you. We have to do a shout out to Violaine Robert. I love her first name. I want to say Violaine. It's just like a violin. It's a beautiful name. Violin has been the go-between between me and David getting him set up for the show. And I want to say thank you to her. So, David, we'd love to hear all about you. Tell us a little bit about your story. What do you do on the radio? And what's your passion for what we do? David, welcome. Well, well, now that you mentioned Violaine, I have to stop and say that she is French. So she's actually from France and actually swam on the French Olympic team. And she came to Las Vegas where she ended up working with me and working with the LaRev show. And then when they laid everybody off during COVID, she started looking for another job. And um, she was the highest person, had the highest intelligence level of any person I've ever interviewed. And she didn't have any experience. And um, I got a lot of opposition, but I hired her anyway because she was just smart. I figured she'd figure it out. And she's been an amazing executive assistant. So she is. well, tell, tell her I hope she's listening and hope she knows I appreciate her. Now it's time to find out about David Chavez. Okay. I might have to get Violaine on the show as, as an adjunct to a host because we already know about her. So, David, it's your time. Go ahead. Okay. So um, I, 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 I uh, went in the Army after school and then went into um, working with Arthur Anderson for about five years. Um, started a CPA firm. Um Uh, I worked for a wealthy family for a while, buying and selling companies, and then went to work with um, um, uh, myself and started a CPA firm, ended up uh, growing it quite a bit and sold it in 2007, uh, just before um, the crash. And so I'd like to think that I was smart or something, but I had a really good mentor that um, asked me a really silly question and December of 2005, which led to us both selling our companies at the perfect time. So um, I got very lucky there. And then I ended up, um, I used a system called scaling up in my company 
Um, and I started coaching with them um, shortly after that. And I didn't even know what a coach was at the time. So I, um, because back then, 15 years ago, coaches weren't that popular. And so I started doing it and um, I started doing the radio show not too long ago. So I've been coaching for 15 years. We've been in over 280 companies, um, mostly in the mid market um, and primarily focus on working with the executive teams, developing their strategy. And then um, some of what Molly actually works on, getting them to have the real conversations that need to happen. And I love the way she described it. And I think that she just eloquently described it. So I'll just piggyback on hers on that one. So, um, so I think we do a little bit of the same thing. So it's sort of great to hear um, what she does. And, and I, I, I have a show called the strategy Sherpa show. And one of my clients actually got me to do the show. Um, he, he came to me and he said, listen, I listen to a lot of these podcasts and when they're talking to business owners, um, they're always talking about how great they are and how well they did and how successful they were, but they never talk about all the stuff they go to, to get to that point. And, and he said, I have so many failures underneath my belt. I, you know, I, I, I have a laundry list of, of things I could talk to you about in that sense. And so that sort of started out the show. And what we do is we talk about one of the, the, the things that you were challenged with the most and then, um, and then how did you, what was the context of making that decision that you made? Cause I don't want to make it, people feel like they failed automatically just because there was a bad decision. A lot of times there's really good decisions behind this and then what they did to fix it. So I'm trying to help business leaders understand that mistakes are part of the game and the part of learning that you need to have to be strategic with your company. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Do you take callers on your show, David, or is it planned guests? You, you know, I, I, I've only been doing it for about 15 or 16 weeks now, and I've never had anybody call in, but my listenership is doing pretty well. I, but I only know what uh, what Voice America tells me, so I don't know what is Good. or not. So Fair enough. We're, we're, you see, part of the reason I, I want to talk to hosts on this show is we, we're learning from each other. We're learning what we do, right? There's some synchronicity with what Molly and David do. Kelly is fairly new. She's going to learn. She And she just set up a four-microphone studio in her basement, and she's figuring everything out. There's a, a lot to learn. Cheryl, you're up next. And David, thank you so much. Cheryl Espinosa-Jones, we're happy to have you. I'm allowed to say happy to somebody whose show is about good grief, I hope. Cheryl, we'd love to know all about you. Go ahead. I, I feel like a veteran. I just uh, hit 10 years of doing the show Good Grief at Voice America, just, oh just in November. And um, the show is not just about the terrible, awful, ugly parts of grief. It's about the way that people face challenge, face loss, and then over time make something out of it. And I'm a perfect example of my show. Uh, my first wife died in 1995, and uh, she'd been sick for 10 years. She was never well in those 10 years. She was sick the entire time. And during that time, there were hard things, of course. I never skipped the hard. It's part of it. But we also just learned so much during that period of time. And I was also training as a therapist then. 
Um, so I've always considered myself to be a grief counselor, meaning anyone who comes to me has experienced some form of loss. Um, not always death, but you know, there's always a loss in our struggles. Um, but there's also what we learn. I, I often ask people, you know, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? And did you learn anything from it? And I've never had anyone say, I didn't learn a darn thing. I've never had that response. We learn from our challenges. So the, the show is about both how to face grief, how to let grief inform you, um, how to think that your feelings and thoughts and reactions make sense, and also to get some inspiration that over time, it may go somewhere beautiful and unpredictable. Um, and I think a lot of people find the show who are new to grief, you know, no one's looking for a show about grief until they're looking for a show about grief. <laughs> and then and then they're looking hard. So uh, I think people often find me and I've gotten feedback from people. They they kind of do a Google search and, you know, they see good grief. What's good about this doesn't feel good. What the heck? You know, and they listen and then they keep listening and listen to, you know, the 10 years of episodes. I don't know if anyone's listened to them all, but um, many. Why do I think radio is good for good grief? Because people can be in their bed. They can be silently in the back room. They can be um, frenetically walking because they can't sit still. They can literally be anywhere doing anything and listen to the show. And that's very important for grievers because um, there are so many emotional states in grief that, that you can't talk yourself out of. You just have to accommodate them. Uh, but the show works no matter what it is that you have to do at the moment. Um, and I love doing it because I've interviewed uh, roughly 500 people, a little short of 500 people who have had that experience. So for the last 10 years, I've spent Wednesday at, from 2 to 3 Pacific time with my tribe. Because uh, once you're a person who's faced really uh, extreme loss, uh, however you define that for me losing losing my wife was the biggest thing that that I'd ever faced um once you have uh, and you see there's another there, there's something after that that's really quite freeing to be honest you know I'm not afraid of very much I'll tell you that um I just love spending that time with other people who've had that experience Thank so you, Cheryl. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the story of, of where your grief comes from. And uh, in my case, it's a parent. It's my mother who, I'll just tell you, lived to 100 years, 15, 100 years, one month and 15 days and passed away in my arms. And she lived alone and called me with a bad cough one night. Come help me get my pillow straight. And I drove in what should have been a snowy night and somehow the snow was gone and it was a miracle. And I got there and, uh, it was the cough that shook the 19-story building she was living in, and I knew, I knew. And that was it. So I, I read a lot of poetry about her, Cheryl, and it's a very interesting, still jolting, and it's been five years. So anyway, yes, I know we all have stories, and I don't want to tell my story right now, but I want to move on. Thank you, Cheryl. And Cheryl, I started at Voice America in the just about fall of 2011, so you and I have been around almost the same amount of time. Molly, when did you say you started your show? 2019. 
Okay, you've been around a couple of years, David, 16 weeks. And let's go, I think, to our newest newbie on the block, Kelly Richardson. Here she is. Kelly, tell us who you are, what you're doing on your show. And everybody wants to know about this four mic setup for guests in your house. We're all dying. Well, not dying to know. We want to know. Kelly, oh, welcome. <laughs> Thank go you. Ahead. Thank you for having me. I am Kelly Richardson. I own my own practice in Janesville, Wisconsin, called the Richardson Center for Learning and Wellness. My background is as a teacher in a formal life. And now what I do is called bioenergetic kinesiology. I know, big word, but basically we just do a lot of muscle testing and we utilize the electrical currents in the body to learn different things like if you have PTSD, if you have concussions, if you have learning issues, allergies, autism, dyslexia, it can help with all of those things. I work on high-end athletes. That's probably my favorite thing to do because you see such a quick turnaround with them. So with, with me, it's it's more that we can help others through utilizing the radio and telling others about this new modality that very few people know about. It's been around for only 50 years, but <laughs> a lot of people don't know about it. It comes between chiropractic care and acupuncture. It's kind of a mixture of the two. I also own my own lakeside restaurant called The Outpost on Lake Koshkanon in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. And we have a few Airbnbs that we dabble in and love to create experiences for people. So that's what I do in my spare time. Um, as far as the radio show, it's kind of a crazy story. My producer, she contacted me one day and she's like, hey, do you want to do a radio show? I'm like, what? First of all, how did you find out about me? Because I thought I was really good at flying under the radar. And she told me, nope, we found you on your website. And I'm like, are you sure that you want this mouth on the radio? Because it will get me in trouble. I'm controversial. I talk about the hard things. Are you sure that you want me? And she's like, that's why we chose you. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. And so I fumbled into this, stumbled and fumbled into the radio scene. I knew nothing about radio. I've only been doing this since November 9th. So it's not even a month yet. And my producer's wanting me to come on your show. And I didn't know any better. So of course I said yes. I didn't know any better. <laughs> I want to know what do you do on your show? And you have to tell us about your four mic setup. Everybody just wants okay. to know. Kelly, go so ahead. my show is called The Underground and it's unlocking keys to alternative health. So there's so many things that um, people go to the doctor over, like concussions, and the, they just are telling you to rest and you know relax. And after a month, people are still struggling with it. That's where I come in. I can work on concussions and get them back on the field within you know a week, and that is pretty impressive when they've been struggling for over a month. So what I do is I bring on experts in the field as well as my clients, and they tell their own stories. They tell their personal stories so that I don't have to always try to explain it, but they tell their struggles, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I love that because they have a different perspective than what I have. And that's really important to me. So last week I had 
four people, well, I had three people on and including myself and none of them had Zoom. So I had to figure out a way to set up this four mic setup in my basement because my office here is not big enough. So I went down in the basement after I had 17 people for Thanksgiving and I'm like trying to make a studio in my basement. And of course, my better half comes down and he starts helping me and we figured out how to do it. You just, you know, there's lots of YouTube videos and now I have the round table in the underground (laughs) down in my basement. The underground comes from, I live in a town called Milton, Wisconsin, and we have the only, one of the only parts of the underground railroad truly underground. There's tunnels that go through our town. It's not a long tunnel anymore. It used to be. And we thought that really depicted what we were going for is, you know, we're doing alternative health solutions for these people. And a lot of times we have to work underground. So that's where the name The Underground came from. Thank you very much, Kelly. Everybody is saying, what? She did it. I will tell you all that when I started this, as Cheryl knows, we didn't have Zoom. Uh, We were using Skype for a couple of years, but we didn't have Zoom. I did my shows all on the phone with Voice America. And I started nine years ago doing something called, my my Wednesday show is called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. It was ranked number six out of the top 70 tech podcasts in the world by Feedspot this year. I'm very, very proud of that. We dropped to number 17, but I'm not telling anybody that, so don't tell it's a secret. So the point is that I would have uh, guests who've been on all during the year come on and give three or four minutes of predictions. Well, at the point where I was still doing it on radio, on the phone, I had 15 guests in one hour. So we worked it out where they reserved their spot on a 14 minute segment. David, you want to do the math for me? So we would have four people. So it'd be Aaron Keller, who is now client success at Voice America, was my engineer. So I would t- sell, tell Aaron the list and he, I would say, okay, he'd say, Cheryl and David and Molly and Kelly are on the line. So we start the show. Cheryl, three minutes of predictions. Go ahead, David, you're up. Molly, next, Kelly. And then Aaron would be texting me in Skype. We've got Mary and Bob and Joe and Steve on the line. I'd say, okay, Cheryl, what'd you have to drink for the holidays? David, Molly, bye. Thank you very much. We threw them off the lines. We brought the next four in and I took a deep breath and we he went to a commercial and we did the next four. And then we had the, so he's texting me on who's, who's lining up for the next on deck. We did 15 guests an hour. We did six weeks of that. I like to tell people that Aaron was 23 when he started working with me. And at the end of that year, he was 57. So yes, he's he's aged very well. Now I'm doing nine guests a week on the show for, for the predictions, which starts tomorrow. And I can manage it all on Zoom. Thank you very much. I am so pleased to have the four of you here. You're all articulate, but I hear commitment to sharing I hear commitment to information. I hear a commitment and a dedication to giving information that you believe in, that you're willing to articulate, and sharing it with people who can need it, right, Cheryl, and benefit from it. Why else would we do this? You can talk to the mirror if you just want to hear yourself. I'm I'm just delighted. So what I'd like to do next is I've asked each of you to please send me a quote from 
movie or a TV fictional character or a song lyric that relates to what you do or how you do it or what radio means to you. Molly Chang, I'm starting with you first. I'm going to read a little bit about the quote you sent. This was a good one. They're all good, actually. And then just take about two minutes and relate it to your show or how you feel about radio, your choice. So uh, Molly sent a quote from Terry Benedict, who was owner of the, oh, you'll all know the movie, Robbed Casinos and Rubens' Rival, played by Andy Garcia. The movie is Ocean's Eleven, a 2001 American heist comedy film directed by Steven Soderbergh, blah, 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 blah. The ensemble cast, George Clooney, ooh, Matt Damon, ooh, Andy Garcia, ooh, I'm swooning here. Brad Pitt, ah, Julia Roberts, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn. Elliot Gould, yes, Bernie Mac, Carl Reiner. Oh, my goodness. It just goes on and on and on. So here we go. The quote, four words. Molly picked a wonderful quote. I was born ready. Molly, what does this have to do with anything you're here to talk about today? Everybody well, likes that one. Go ahead. I, I don't purport to really remember a lot of this modern stuff. Like I see movies and I'll, I'll get 10 minutes in it. You know, I think I saw this movie before. And so for me to remember a quote is not that easy, Bonnie. So I just have to say <laughs> the fact that I got one. But there's two things about that is the way George Clooney turns his head when when Terry Benedict says that, I was born ready. <laughs> George gives the biggest eye roll known to man, like, right. Um, that's kind of what I remembered in that. But the idea of it is, you know, it, it's taken me a while to realize that you got to show up. Uh, and that really counts for a lot. And, you, you know, you get out of bed and you face the day. And you could have self-doubt, you could, you know, worry that you're not good enough or not that enough. And really, why would you do that? And so that that whole, it just kind of embodies me like game on and here we go. And and that's, um, I think for the folks I've worked with, whether they're the senior most executives, whether they're early in career, when people embrace that inner power, when they empower themselves, that's what really people are doing, empowering themselves. It's just the most beautiful thing. And, you know, then people are in a position to really be their best selves, to get to know themselves, to continue to evolve because we're a new me every day. Um, and and I think really be our best in service to all those around us. Thank you very much. I think we're all going to be using that quote. One of my favorites that nobody here picked, as far as I, I can remember, is Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. He says, you can't handle the truth. That works for any topic at all. I have my favorites. If you all want my list of 50 quotes for future reference, I'll be happy to send them. Let's move on. Thank you, Molly. David Chavez. This is a, I can't wait to hear what David does with this one. I read it. I said, seriously, you're all going to love this one. Ralphie Parker, played by Peter Billingsley. This was a while ago. Uh, he's he's pushed down. The movie, of course, is um, what's the movie? I got here. Christmas Story. I'm sorry. 1983. I got my notes here. 1983 American Christmas comedy film directed by Bob Clark based on Gene Shepard's semi-fictional anecdotes in his 1966 book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, mm -hmm. with elements from his 1971 book, Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. I don't even know what to do with that one. So Ralphie Parker is in a department store, and he is encountering mean Santa and nasty helpers. Come on, kid, let's go. Come on, kid. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And they're pushing him down the chute and he didn't get a chance to say. And he finally says, I want a Red Rider carbon action 200 shot range model air rifle as he's going down the chute. And the quote that is said not only by Santa, but by his teacher and his mother, everybody says this is, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Okay, David, let's go. What the heck does it have to do with radio? <laughs> 
Well, well, I don't, I don't know if I was thinking about it from the radio standpoint. You gave me the option of doing it from the work environment too, and I, I think it just goes um, hand in hand with people telling you that you, you know, doing a business of your own is hard, and you'll shoot your eye out with it. I, I make, uh, I make the same. I think people have been saying that to me all my life, and um, it just makes me want to go and do it. So, because I'm not going to shoot my eye out, so um, I, I think he ended up shooting his high eye out in the Christmas story. Too. At least he broke his glasses. So, <laughs> so, so his mom and Santa Claus was correct. Yes, I think that there were four people they said in the movie who said that. Very, very interesting. I think it just goes hand in hand with my show, though. Too, yeah. it's like mistakes are part of the game. Um, mistakes come into play. Um, you make a mistake, you may shoot your eye out. Um, if that's the worst thing that happens, you know, I know that's not good, but, um, you know, at least you tried to do something. So I think it just goes hand in hand with, uh, the trying to of it and then being open to understand that we do make mistakes along the way. And isn't that the learning curve for being on radio? Seriously, which one of you went to a special segment of journalism school that said, you're going to be a radio host when you grow up and you're going to have a mic? I know, I know. I was so shy. I sat in the back of the classroom for most of my college years. I don't want to talk to anybody. I sat in the corner in the restaurant, for goodness sake. And then one day, what can I tell you? And here we are. Uh, thank you, David. You, you did very well with that. Everybody loved it. So the, we love we love humor on radio as well. Cheryl Espinosa-Jones has sent us a quote from Eleanor Bennett, played by Chipo Chungi. The movie is Black Cake. Actually, it's a TV show streaming on Hulu, produced by Oprah Winfrey's Harpo Films and Aaron Kaplan's Capital with a K Entertainment. And Black Cake is uh, Hulu's adaptation of Charmaine Wilkerson's best-selling debut novel, Opens with Urgency. A young woman in a wedding dress sprints through the trees to the awaiting sand and dives into the ocean while sirens wail in the distance. It's not until the end of the first episode we are, learn why she was running with such desperation, and it's complex. Uh, Eleanor was born and grew up in Jamaica as Coventina Covey Lincook, L-Y-N-C-O-O-K, the daughter of a black mother and Chinese father, and the movie is based on voiceovers and flashbacks and we learned about her so here is the quote eleanor bennett says in the movie i had to protect you from the life i was forced to have sounds like something oprah would sponsor cheryl talk to us go ahead <laughs> you know uh, i i just can't seem to avoid um shows with the theme of grief it's a joke in my with my uh current wife we've been married 25 years and um the joke is i'll try to pick something that has no grief involved you know for a break from grief but it always does <laughs> so black cake is a series and it's really about in my mind what happens when we keep secrets and, and how damaging it is to not be able to tell the truth to the person who has to hide and to the people who are impacted by what isn't said. And of course, that's, um, that's a, the biggest complication I know of to grief, that people are not allowed to talk. And um, Eleanor has actually died, and her children are trying to face um, what what her life was that they didn't know about. Um, so for me, 
the, uh, the way in which it connects to the show is my show is about talking. It's about saying what hurts. It's about saying what's good. It's about the whole works being out and open. And the damage you see in that show, most of it directly comes out of what can't be spoken. So that's that's why it stuck out to me. Thank you very much. Do you know, Cheryl, that Anderson Cooper has started a show on grief and mourning uh, once a week? Yes. Yes. And apparently it's so popular. He's starting, uh, I think, season two coming back by popular acclaim. Uh, a lot there's, of- a great, there's a great um, desire. You know, whenever there's a, a global grief event, like when Diana died, or do you notice how many people flock? Because we want each other. We want community in grief. And so uh, it seems brave to do it at first, but then it seems so natural to to be talking about our losses because we all have them. We become a tribe through our losses, don't we? When there's nothing else that links us. Somebody else used the word tribe. I, I know it was Molly or hey. Kelly. Some, you you did. Love, lovely. And it makes sense. Let's move on to Kelly Richardson's quote. This is one I hadn't heard of before. Uh, the character is Uncle Iroh, I-R-O-H, voiced by an actor named Mako, M-A-K-O, who did pass away the movie. Actually, it's a TV series again. You got me. Is Avatar The Last Airbender, a.k.a. A-T-L-A, American animated fantasy action TV series, three seasons on Nickelodeon from 2005 to 8, and now it's a cult classic. And I will tell you that the four-part series finale, Kelly, Sozin's Comet, had the series' highest ratings. It had 5.6 million viewers, which was almost 100% more than Nickelodeon had in the whole month of July 2007. Uh, Mako is uh, Uncle Iroh, is a general Iroh, and he's credited just as uncle. He's a fictional character, and the legend of Korra. Iroh is a very powerful, what's called a firebender. He has the power to telekinetically... I'm not surprised you picked this one. Create and manipulate fire. And he's a retired general of the fire nation. Very, very interesting. Here is the quote. It is important to draw wisdom from different places. If you take it from only one place, it becomes rigid and stale. Kelly, talk to us. So I think it's so important for us to have different perspectives and to see things through other people's eyes We don't always get a chance to see that. With radio, we do. We can interview different people. We can see it from their point of view. And it may be completely different than what I see or what you see. And I think we really need to keep other people's perspectives in mind because it keeps us in a state of being teachable. Otherwise, we do become rigid and stale. So that's why I chose that one. Honestly, it was something my kids watched when they were little. <laughs> and yes, I, I do work with all the elements. So it did play into that a lot when I was choosing the quote. Thank you very much. I research these quotes, as I guess you've all guessed, and I learn a lot. I, I don't just put one line, it was a movie or a TV show. I want to know the whole history of the character. I spend hours, I do donate to Wikipedia because I use it so much. Would you please give us $5? Sure, thank you very much. It's a great reference. If you think back, how many years before we had a resource like Wikipedia? We had, when I grew up, we had, oh boy, am I dating myself, World Book Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica. And every letter of the alphabet had its own book with a leather cover. And you'd sit there and you'd say, wow, look at this. That was our resource. And now 
you go Google something, you whatever your search engine is of preference, you go to Wikipedia or any one of a million other sources, people took the time to enter information, whether it's good or not, we're not always sure, but it's there. Talk about sharing, Cheryl, and contributing, Molly. Voices from different places coming in and saying, we have information. Let's make it available. Interesting, interesting. We're not even getting into AI right now. Thank you all for the quotes. I really appreciate the work you did. I'm sure nobody's ever asked you to do that for a radio show, but that's what I do on mine. I do it on my business shows as well. I'm I'm covering on Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. This whole year has been the future of blank and AI. The blank is an industry, a profession. It's a creative genre like horror novels. I have I have authors who, who are novelists in that. It could be something like empathy, the future of empathy in AI, the future of education in AI, the future of manufacturing in AI. I've covered it all. So anyway, I use those quotes. I get movie and TV quotes and song lyrics from the guests, even on that show, and they related to the artificial intelligence topic, which is always very interesting to see. Yes, thank you for doing that. Now, I want to pick one statement from each of you. You each were kind enough to send me four statements about Radio, its impact, its importance, its influence, and the future. We're looking for future as well as we go toward the end of the year. Molly Chang, I'm picking your statement number four. I like this. I'll read it for you. You don't need to go look for it. You say radio levels the playing field. Molly, would you take a minute or two and unpack that for us? And if anybody has anything to say, David or Cheryl or Kelly, I think you all have 10 fingers. Wiggle one of the nice fingers at me, the bad finger I don't respond to. David understands that. So go ahead, Molly. What does this mean? <laughs> well, I think, you know, getting back to this whole diversity and hearing all voices, I mean, that's just fundamental to say it's scopely, and that's what it's about. And um, this notion of leveling the playing field, I know it's never going to be a level playing field. I get that. So it's really about helping educate people to navigate unlevel playing fields. But I, I but I think that that's the spirit. And a, a radio is a voice. There's not, it's like when kids wear uniforms, you take out the different clothing that people could wear, what's their hair look like? And you just kind of neutralizes all of that. And I think because it's so mono, it's just one thing, you just are kind of fully attentive to it. You're not distracted by anything other than the words, the tone, the tenor pacing of that voice. Um, and so I, I feel like it kind of, strips away other things that could influence us unconsciously about someone and hopefully appreciate, you know, really the words that are coming out. Um, of course, you know, when people have different accents or what have you, I think that that's obviously something that, that carries through. Um, but for me, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, we're all here, you know, you mentioned wanting to be in service to each other, you know, and none of us are here without the help of just countless other human beings, right? Some, most we know well, but many we don't. And that ability, I think, for us to think about um, a playing field where we, you don't know what you might say to someone who hears you, um, you know, 5,000 miles away. And that, that statement um, or that energy gave them the courage to go do X, Y, or Z. I hear that all the time. And, you know, people come to me, you know, I went to the gym and I'm like, I don't remember, like, I didn't ask you to go to the gym. And they came running back to me like three weeks later. And I want you know, I went to my first yoga class, you know, cause I teach yoga too. And so, you know, I just, I just feel like it's a, it's an opportunity to just get it down to the essence of, you know, a heart, uh, words that can convey the heart and hopefully help, you know, someone feel like they're having a little bit better of life because of you. Thank you very much. Anybody have a quick comment on that or should I move on? You all good? 
Y'all, they were mesmerized, Molly. They're just mesmerized. You know, they're just nodding. That's the word. The word is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we agree. <laughs> David has something a little provocative here. David, I'm going to read three of your statements because I think they all go together. So forgive me for this, David. I'm just going to lump them all together in one paragraph. David says, one of the things I love about live radio, which we're doing right now, is it cannot be edited. It's what is really happening that moment. It's authentic. Then he says, live radio is challenging for the host. Oh, yeah, because you never know what the guests are going to say and how it will change the conversation. And the last thing I'm going to add, David, from your fourth statement is no matter how much guests may plan their appearance, they still have a fear of the unknown. So you've got the element of the host not knowing what's going to say, the guests not knowing what they're going to say. David, can you take about two minutes and unpack this for us, please? Yeah, I I am, um, you know, I, I'm an assured in my journey here. And I think I've been doing it for four and a half months. So I gave you a little bit of wrong information there. But um, I, in my in doing this, I've learned that some of my guests at times are thinking they're going to control the 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 environment. And um, I've had a had several guests now get a little embarrassed when they're talking to me um, because they're sharing something they made a mistake with and they didn't understand that they were going to talk as deeply as they ended up talking about it because I have a little bit of way of asking questions that gets them to uncover some of the things that maybe they're not trying to say. Um, And It's just interesting to watch their body language um, because we're on radio, but we're on Zoom, right? And we're able to um, see some of that. And so it's it's very interesting to me because um, one of my guests that was just recently on, she actually called me after the show and said, I never thought I would even say the things I ended up saying. And I'm a little embarrassed. I said, you were you were incredible. And she said. She said, well, I, I ended up sharing um, and I don't think I really even understood how buried that issue was for me. And um, and I said, well, do you need to talk to somebody about it? Because, um, you know, we have two therapists in our company just because we do a lot of behavioral work. Um, and and she said, um, no, I don't think I need to talk to anybody, but I was just sort of surprised myself that I ended up sharing that. And I think that um, that's happened to me a few times now where similar comments have came back, but I'd never had somebody come and talk to me about it as candidly as she did. And I asked her, I said, well, is there a problem where you don't want me to replay the show or anything like that? And she said, no, I, she goes, I think that you're taking my message wrong. I'm really glad I uncovered this. And I, I said, Oh, well, the way you were, addressing it, I thought there was a problem. And she said, no, as a matter of fact, I thought it was a problem when I got off the show and then I slept overnight. And she said, I woke up refreshed and, and felt very good that I finally had said something that I had never verbalized. So I I think that that's the power of what we do. Thank you. That was a very powerful observation. I'm glad you shared a a real example. I'm going to move on because I'm looking at the clock here and I want to cover some more. Cheryl Espinosa Jones, I'm using your statement number one here. I'll read it for you. Radio invites listeners to deeply explore an infinity of subjects. That's interesting coming from you with your focus on grief. Cheryl, expand that for us. Take about two minutes, please. Well, there's a lot of radio now. 
let's let's just say that and um and it doesn't require that the other person interact uh you know if i'm working with a couple in my therapy office i always start with uh, a conversation between me and each person so that the other person can actually listen because almost uh, very reliably they're not listening to each other anymore the two people so i always start there and i feel there's something about that with radio that you can just receive what other people are saying and i also love live because um I like knowing that people are listening while I'm talking to my guest. That's what it comes down to. Does it make a difference ultimately? Not so much, but it makes a difference to me because human connection is immediate and and um, deep and powerful. And somehow live radio captures that metaphorically. That we're just here, you know, people will be like, well, what if something goes wrong? Which of course happens. Yep. And my my comment is always, well, it's real life. Well, right. we'll figure it out. And and I've had some beautiful uh, mistakes happen. Like the woman I was interviewing about her parents dying and her childcare worker couldn't do the entire hour. And so her baby came in at the end and started playing with blocks on the floor. To me, that was so beautiful because she had lost them before she was a parent. Now she was a parent and and her life was going forward. So those kinds of happy accidents um, give me life, so to speak. (laughs) Thank you very much. Another great example. I want to squeeze in one from Kelly Richardson here. Kelly says, live radio broadens your exposure to a group of people you may never meet or come across in your everyday life. Kelly, two minutes, and then we got a little game we're going to play. Go ahead. For me, it's all about the community, right? And we're all a part of our own particular communities through just the different things that we do. When we come on the radio, though, we expose ourselves to different communities and different groups. Again, you know, a different perspective than your own. And I just love that community sense that comes from all of this and the different perspectives again. Well, interesting. We don't know who's listening, do we? We don't have those stats. We don't have their no. name. We don't have their IP address. We don't have their title or or their own or their email, any of that. What if somebody was just tuning in or dial surfing or channel? We used to call it channel surfing. And they come across, Molly, a voice they enjoy hearing. They might listen to your show even though they had no particular focus on what your topic is. They say, that's an interesting voice. Cheryl, they might find comfort in you talking to one of your guests, and they weren't there for grief. They just want to hear a voice that fills some space and, and adds some value to it. So I think the the audio is so magical. It's important, of course, to have a good microphone and a good voice, but the way we speak is is extending something from us out to people who not only would we not necessarily meet Kelly, but people who not necessarily even find us 
and learn about us. And all of a sudden, they saw a word in the title of your show. They might see good, Cheryl. They say, oh, I want a show about good today. David, they might see a short. They might see Sherpa. What's about Sherpa? That sounds really interesting. Molly, say it skillfully. I want to be skillful. So I'm saying there's. it's almost a crapshoot on who's going to find us if they're not necessarily looking for our topic. They might find us anyway. I want to do a couple of, it's not really a game. I have a couple of famous birthdays I want to share with you all. Anybody remember Malcolm in the Middle and Agent Cody Banks? Well, Freddie Muniz is 38 today. Can you believe little little Frankie Muniz is growing up? Today is the birthday of Walt Disney, who passed away in 1966. And he created, of course, the iconic Mickey Mouse. He produced classic films Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Cinderella. He set a record for 22 Oscar wins and 59 Oscar nominations, and he received four honorary Oscars. So R.I.P. Walt Disney. And today is also the birthday of the late, great Little Richard, born in 1932, passed away in 2020. David, we know his music. Rock and Roll Dynamo. Good golly, Miss Molly. Try not to sing Miss Molly. He was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and his first single, Tutti Frutti, was in 1955. Oh, be still my heart. I have some social media stars who are having birthdays today, and I can almost guarantee none of you have ever heard of them, but there's a reason I picked them, and we're going to wish them a happy birthday. There's a gentleman who's 26 today who is on YouTube, and his name, David, listen up. He might need your guidance. His name is Unspeakable. That's his name, Unspeakable. He posts Minecraft and challenge videos. He has three channels, Unspeakable, Unspeakable Gaming, and Unspeakable Plays. And the reason we're celebrating his birthday is he has 16 million subscribers are you sitting down, David? I don't want you to fall off your chair and, you know, wow. I don't want you to hurt anything. Impressive. Kelly, Kelly, that's something to to aspire to. Yes, yeah, 16 million. And then we have uh, a young lady on, I'm not sure, I think it's a guy, on TikTok named Chase Rutherford. He's only 22. He's a content creator and he does comedic monologues, meaning he tries to be funny talking to himself. He only has 2.2 <laughs> million fans. So he's just obviously starting out. A couple of days in music history here. I've got two minutes. Uh, let me tell you that in 1960, Billboard reported that there were a lot of songs written by females and sung by females in response to Elvis Presley's Are You Lonesome Tonight? Women were writing answer songs to that song, and it was a big deal, apparently. The Beach Boys in 1964 on this day, their concert album was number one for four weeks in the month of December. And uh, let's see, uh, near and dear to me in 2012, um, David Dave Brubeck passed away a day before his 92nd birthday. And I grew up with Dave Brubeck jazz music. So that meant something to me. Today is National Blue Ble- Blue Jeans Day. I didn't ask you to stand up. I don't know what you're wearing. It's Devin Day. If you know somebody named Devin, he or she, say happy day, not happy birthday. It's Johnny Day. It's Hand Washing Awareness Day. And it's Sasha Tort Day, which was made by a 16-year-old pastry chef in Austria whose prince said, go make something new. And the chef was out sick. And this kid said, I'll just put everything into the pie and pot and make a cake. And then he made married and his wife ran a, a anyway famous hotel this is the month of giving it's national cat lovers month and it's national tie month and i'm going to close the show right now by saying oh my goodness we're just about late here we go everybody listen up life is short break the rules forgive quickly kiss slowly yes love truly laugh uncontrollably i won't ask you <laughs> and never regret anything that made you smile work like you don't need the money dance like no one's watching sing like nobody's listening and love like you've never been hurt we all have get over it money talks chocolate sings la and last but not least i stole this from somebody else thank you for turning me on everybody wave goodbye don't go away we're gonna take pictures vaughn are we out thank you to our engineer vaughn thanks again for tuning in to next at the mic radio 
Presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively Mike-worthy week.